people usually don't put themselves into the shoes of other people and they don't ask themselves, would I watch this myself? And usually the answer is no. So if you, if the answer is no, at least make content that is. Hi friends, Philip here. Before we start, can I just say that some of the feedback we've received so far has been really awesome and really encouraging. And for a startup podcast like ours, it's really great to hear. So if you have any comments, positive or negative, please share publicly or privately. It doesn't matter. It's really encouraging and we want to improve. I want to improve. So let us know what you think and hopefully we'll continue growing. Although maybe not as fast as our guest today. Today, I'm talking with Karolis. He exploded on Instagram to 160,000 followers in mere months. He is selling thousands of dollars worth of product every single month. And he's great at copywriting. His email sequences are killer. And there is one advice that you could boil this whole conversation down to, and it's copy what already works. Okay, there is a little bit more to it than that. Let's dive in. My friend, actually, uh, she called you a hustler. Uh, how do you feel about that term? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's start with that. That's solely true, by the way, because when you are like solo creator and you're trying to figure things out, everything yourself, right? You don't uh, really sometimes have a clue what you're doing. So that's a good definition of a hustler. You're just sometimes throwing stuff at the wall, hoping it's going to stick, finding, doing like doing your like planning something, then doing it, then seeing what's working and re redoing what's working, not doing what's not working. And it's like good definition of hustler, yeah? Yeah. Um, but what, what do you focus on? Like people I interview usually fall into two buckets. Like one bucket are people who are crea creators first and then business sort of comes along or the opportunities arise. And the other bucket is business first, you know? So, so, so their creative ideas and creative and content follows the business ideas. How is it with you? Yeah, t totally. The first option. I don't really like this whole thing of CRMs and business, uh, like building teams and stuff like that. It's not in my nature. I'm completely create on creative side. Totally. Sometimes it's even hard to, to fall asleep because you get one idea that idea leads to another. Oh shit! I need to do this. I need to do this. This connects with this. How I'm gonna connect everything into one? And sometimes you get lost in these ideas in yourself. And that's totally a creative side of me because. I'm like a little bit more chaotic, right? It's mm. not a proven structure that you follow. And I feel like business people do that more where they have organized everything and they have team, like, like it's a little bit different. So creative comes first for sure, 100%. Yeah, you mentioned, and people say it quite often, like throw spaghetti on a wall and see what sticks, right? So what kind of spaghetti do you mostly throw? Is it video ideas that you have or newsletter? Like where does it start? Okay, so the way I see it uh, right now, and I feel like it's going to give you some value to people, you always want to have a baseline, like your baseline zone. So I would call that some sort of skill that you have that you can like working upon always. So for me, that's um, creating content and understanding how to create content that reaches people. So when you have the skill, that's one level, uh, I feel like. And then you have to have something that you want to sell to people. 
So this is where spaghetti at the wall comes in because you don't really know product market fit that well and what's going to sell. So you're constantly throwing free product, this, trying this promotion, trying that promotion until you see what's kind of like clicks. And then you build upon that. That's the way at least I see the creative business that, that as a sole mm -hmm. creator, as his personal brand. Um, you throw some sort of hook to some sort of product idea that you have, and then you build upon that what's working on that. So let's say you promoted a fitness program, at least uh, something like that, and you see that people got interested. And then you see that people got results, the best results with this specific type of uh, training. Then you build that specific type of training, and you see that the most people message you when you added this hook at the start. And then you build upon mm -hmm. that, like small pieces you build up together. That's at least how I think. So this is where spaghetti at the wall bar comes in. Uh, you don't want to throw spaghetti at the wall with everything that you do because you at least need to have some sort of baseline that you're constantly mastering. One, I feel like one thing, two things that you're mastering. Then you build upon that. At least that's how I see it. You said your baseline is n making content that reaches people. Yeah. How do you do that then? W what is the skill that is required to do it well? Don't think that you can create something original, see what's working in the market already, and try mm -hmm. to kind of like um, mix similar styles into one. And slowly but steadily, you're going to get this idea of what's going to get views. It's just like something, like a skill that you're going to develop over time, I feel like, uh, as a content creator. It's impossible to be good at it at a start. I just watched some videos mm -hmm. from the past and at the time when I was making those videos, I thought, damn it, they're good. But now I'm looking at it, it's really bad. And that is the reason they didn't got any views because mm -hmm. they're really bad uh, when, you, when you look at it. So, and you can only develop the skill, I feel like, by moduling, uh, starting by just copying, moduling others. That's the best way to do it. What makes a good video? The good video, it's not necessarily always good edited video right now mm -hmm. in this uh space and this uh, horizon of social media the, the the bad edited video could get even more views sometimes so good video i feel like uh, you have to really know human human psychology what's gonna make them uh interested just from the start and what's gonna keep them watching till the end if you can get those two pieces in place you're gonna definitely go like come up with a video that goes viral and stuff so what is it for you then? What what gets people hooked most in your content? I would say uh, posting content about tips for people in their 20s uh, because a majority of people follow me in my 20s. Uh, other, um, other stuff like um, productivity tips, just having some sort of thing at the start of the video that you promise to give to them and then slowly wrapping it out to people uh, through that, uh, through that video. That reminds me of this, this, this formula hook story offer, right? So you start with a hook, then you sort of build a story ar around it, and then you have an offer or a payoff. Do you always try to deliver the value in every single video and give sort of an answer or the tip, or you rather build up interest and intrigue over time to convert them into followers and subscribers or go into my funnel, leave your email, and then I'm going to deliver the value. Or you treat every little piece of content, short form video, as its own little tip that should deliver value. Yeah, good question. So I don't want to turn the page into sales pitch, total sales pitch, like leading somewhere, right? So the, 
CTAs usually are in the like captions, but they're not always in the captions. Like 70% of the time they are in captions. So the way I see it is there's 30, like this formula that's working really well, it's 33% formula where you post content that gives value uh, 33% of the time. Uh, another another content type could be relatability content. That's really going like that's really working really well as well. You show yourself ten years ago, like uh, just a random example, and you show yourself now your your progress, how like how you started. The people can relate that they are in the same shoes or something. And then there's uh, another one which is completely viral content. You jump on trends. You you use trending sound effects to your niche. To somehow you like infiltrate those things into your own niche somehow you find a way so if you can combine this thing like this formula into one you definitely gonna uh, be growing pretty well by just not only just giving value content but also mixing it up okay you mentioned the uh, viral content and i uh, i really like the term that you use in, uh, in 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 your own content which is content sniping i believe can you introduce us a little bit to, to that content? And uh, because I think that's the way you find and re recreate the viral videos, right? Yeah, completely. Yeah. So content sniping, I feel like is good. I like really good for all small creators for few things. First, you're going to understand how, what content works, what content doesn't work. And you're going to, uh, because the way to learn something, I feel like is always better to like take the thing that is working and see how it's made and you recreate it. That's how you learn something. So with content sniping, what you do usually is you just go through, let's say, 10 accounts in your niche. And for the past 30 to 60 days, you see what type of content got the most views. You, you, you copy and paste that content. You make a list. And then you try to remake that content yourself, similar. And then you post it using the same audio or mixing different audios, taking other audio and other content idea and mixing it into one. And trust me, if you do that for 30 days straight, you're definitely going to see good results. And I feel like that's the best way to start. 30 days straight, you mean every single day you should be posting? At least four reels per week or five reels per week. It's good enough to get started. So if I copy someone's idea, um, what should I get inspired by? So on one hand, we have the content. So the hook that the person is speaking about or the video quality, or maybe it's just the music that is important. The music is not really that important. The most important thing is going to be the hook and uh, the story you tell through the content. So it could be, honestly, it could be just an idea of the video, or maybe you take the hook and you tell a completely different story after that hook. Or you tell a similar story, but you make take that hook, put it into ChatGPT, and ask for 10 different hook ideas based on that <laughs> one, right? So you just, essentially what you're doing, you're taking the framework, you're not copying word by word. It's not like, it's not really smart to do that. You can do that, but I don't think it's good. You're taking the framework and you're using the framework. And this is the thinking you're going to develop over time. You're going to see the video and you're going to think, okay, this is why it worked, right? You can see this, those pattern, patterns in the video. You can clearly see them, why this video worked specifically really well. And you try to recreate the actual framework through the video. All right. You definitely coach some people, help some people grow their accounts. So what is the thing that you recommend people not to do? The most common trap that people fall into when, when it comes to growing on Instagram or TikTok? 
first of all, people try to make completely original content, which I believe is not smart. Like you are literally um, playing the lottery because there are some people blow up with completely original content. That's really good. Um, and that's your end goal should be to be complete, completely original, not completely original creator, but somehow build some sort of moat around yourself. But yeah, when people start without any knowledge about how to make content, how to edit, how to create content, and then they try to make original content, it's a disaster because it looks bad and there's no proven, uh, like it's not proven content working in the market and nobody cares. People usually don't put themselves into the shoes of other people and they don't ask themselves, would I watch this myself? And usually the answer is no. So if you, if the answer is no, at least make content that is proven to work, slowly get better. And the time you're going to get more motivation if you see results, because if you post original content and then you don't even get results, it's demotivating and you're going to quit without any reason. You can literally take what's working. And, and usually people have um, the problem they have, like they have these different ideas on how they want their page to look like and usually it's not they project future into the, like too much into the future they think that the page should look like this usually what you find out when you start doing it's completely like it's gonna look completely different it's not gonna look the way you think the plan you're gonna make multiple pivots everything's gonna change along the way so you have to develop a skill as well of pivoting and changing things and iterating on things. People have this stubborn idea. Sometimes people maybe watch content back in the day and they think they're going to make this type of content now, but just worked only four years ago and it's not working mm -hmm. now. So there's multiple things of, I would say, stubbornness, thinking that they're going to create original content, not looking at the market and being honest with themselves. So these things usually stop the growth. And I'm saying that because I was doing these mistakes myself. Yeah, actually, I think you exploded quite recently, right? So uh, you shared that you made like, I think you reached 165,000 followers on Instagram, but that was quite recent. You started your journey years ago, if I, if I followed correctly, right? So what happened those few months ago? What was the thing that you did that changed everything? Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. There's definitely luck involved into, this thing, into these things a little bit, right? Of course. But I was making videos before that. Uh, 200 videos probably I was make, had made before that one video exploded. Uh, but the thing I did differently is obviously I jumped on a trend that was working. Maybe you saw these black and white animation videos on Instagram going pretty well. So I combined that audio with my own visuals and I put mm -hmm. captions uh, under under those visuals that video got 5 million views or something and yeah and that's pretty much as I say it's luck a little bit luck but I was on the grind all the time so it just combines but you copied something that worked right and actually that, that makes me think of a of a book uh, I think Austin Cleon wrote it uh, still like an artist right there is there is no much originality left in the world. No. The best artists are inspired by other great works. And if that works, they put their own spin on it and they create their own artwork, right? Yeah, I think it's really like egotistical to think that you're going to create something original, completely original. Like it's so unrealistic to think that way. And you're going to like, if you have this thinking, you're going to always be like 
starving artists most of the time. Because if you look at a great artist right now, they always, like music artists, they just add on, add on. It's con constantly iterating and adding on what's worked in the future, mixing some with something that's worked in, in the present. And you come up with, it's not, it's actually originality as well. Like, it's not that you're just completely ripping off mm -hmm. everybody, but you're mixing things, I would say, into one thing. We talked about copying others. What about copying yourself? So I noticed that if a one reel or one type of reel, one framework of a reel works, that gets reused. So even in your own account, you have a reel that work and then a few weeks or months later, you try it again and again. And usually it actually keeps working. <laughs> so how often do you do it and how important it is to keep at it if it works? Yeah. So if you look at yourself, your own behavior, if the artist changes his style, you're probably going to stop listening to it. Uh, for example, he drops a new album, completely random album. Like, it's not the same. Uh, so the way I see it, you can get... If you got an idea that's worked, for example, uh, five best, best investments to make in your 20s. We're stopping you to making uh, different videos titled seven best investments to make in your 20s. Four best... Uh, like, four investments not to make in your 20s, you know? You can take that one idea and make multiple variations of it. So that's uh, one thing you can do. Businesses do that all the time. It's the same thing. When they get the product that is working, they constantly make similar products, launch similar products, or constantly upgrade that one product with some new stuff. Do you have any system or the way that you re remix your content or you're asking ChatGPT of uh, remix this content for me and give me seven other ideas? Yeah, you can t uh, you can ask that. But for example, I have a system where I I see which one, which content worked and I take that and I just think myself how, what else I can make. And I'm not like the system I have is not uh, to think too many ideas into the future rather than think about the idea the day I don't actually make content upfront. I don't do mm -hmm. that because the way I view that content a week later, I don't want to post it. It looks all to me. <laughs> so I only make content uh, for the day and I can come up with idea out of one video that worked pretty well, just like that, because I've been doing this for a while, but yeah. If you got a video that's worked, remake it, remake it, remake it all the time. Like just keep remaking that video. If you see, if you have a look, there's few YouTube channels I know that exploded and they just mm -hmm. remade the same video over and over again. I know it's 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 only for growth, right? It's not good for community mm -hmm. long term. But for growth, it's, it's actually good. And if you find a way to remake it in solid ways, so you're not constantly making the same one, but just slightly iterating, it's I think it's good. Okay, so... You talked about long term and what's good for, when we talk about reels, that's great for exposure, right? So as many people see you as possible. But for long term, a lot of people move to YouTube and I saw that you did the same. And actually, I saw that you for four years, I think, posted around 80 videos and reached like 4000 subs. And then you create a brand new account. And again, four months and not years and half of the amount of videos. And you got to like 7K subscribers with one like super viral video. So what changed there? Let's let's move to that. Why did you move to YouTube and what what exploded you there? Yeah, okay. So first things first, I think like there's this thing that's happening with YouTube right now that new channels somehow gets pushed into the algorithm if you make good videos. Uh, that's 
not like that looks like not a myth. You can find channels with one video and they have 10,000 subs. You can definitely find those channels and the video, the one video they posted has 300,000 views, 400,000 views out of a blue. You just get recommended. The same thing happened with me. If you look at the first video I posted in that channel, it got recommended like randomly. I don't know. It's not that even a good video, but that's the first thing. Uh, so there's a luck element as well. But actually what I did as well uh, with YouTube, the same thing I did with Instagram Reels. I saw what's worked, um, what is being recommended to me right now from the homepage, from the suggested videos. I saw those videos and I just tried to remake them myself, adding my own story, of, of course, because, you know, also I feel like with YouTube, uh, what worked with me because I had results uh, about the thing I was talking about. So it also created this one big thing of making a video that is being recommended, good topic, and actually putting my own story that is proven and I have expertise. So these things combined into one and it helped me for sure. You actually have a couple accounts on YouTube and a couple accounts on Instagram, maybe something hidden that I don't know. So do you find that opening more accounts gives you just more exposure? Uh, and is that the logic behind it? Or you just want to separate somehow business or personal? Uh, so I have two accounts on YouTube. The old one, I don't really post anymore. And it's, um, I, I just stopped posting on it. So I don't, I don't really use, it's not getting any views at all. So it's completely useless account. And I don't think it's a good idea to do that yourself unless you can, uh, there's a good strategy you can implement where people can take your short form videos and create fan pages and take those short form videos and post on those fan pages. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's a really, really like massive growth strategy implemented, by the way, by a lot of smart <laughs> people right now. And yeah, uh, on Instagram, I have one page, well, like one personal page. And there's uh, this the creator uh, page where I kind of share Instagram tips and it's for my like program and stuff. So do you think that personal brand and your name and your face is crucial or could you do it just with animations and business content without using your face? I could run out with the knowledge I have for sure. There's uh, even like some benefits to it, even like sometimes it could be more benefits to it because you can sell it. You can actually sell it. If you think about it, uh, you can actually sell it because you, there's no face attached to it. So yeah, I, I could do it. Do you see this as a thing that you would like to do long-term? Like, do you invest in your personal brand because you know that you want to go like this and expand in this creator economy for years? Or you do look at it as a business that maybe you would like to create some side businesses like the Instagram course or a program and then be able to sell it? Yeah, I view it more like uh, on the second half. Uh, I also want to, I view it as a, a way for me to, to earn money from the internet and use this as an opportunity to earn money as well. At the same time to express myself because I love it. Like I love content creation. I love learning and sharing things with people. So I kind of like just got like before that I had two e-commerce businesses and I sold them. Right. So I compare, I, I have a contrast of different businesses. So I can't like for now I, I'm enjoying it and I'm, I, I view it the way for me to build more capital and then maybe have a spin-off business, a SaaS company or something that I could lead all the, uh, like customers, emails and stuff like that, that I built that then 
the whole following I built audience into SaaS company that actually has uh, equity. Yeah, because you can always uh, build more businesses on the top of a personal brand that you have established, right? That's not going away. Yeah, I mean, it has cons, but yeah, for sure. What are the cons? The fact that you have to show yourself now every day on online, record videos. Uh, yeah, and also the competition is the whole world. You're constantly competing for attention. So that means uh, you are not product-based business. Your product is your content, right? But it could easily be made by hundreds of thousands of people in the world. So you don't. the only mode is then going to be your story, your character, your personality. I would say. So it's it could be stressful, right? When you have a product-based business, your moat is your product and then marketing ideas, how you market that product. And yeah, that's it. There's a good analogy. When you are a personal brand business, you the like the whole structure of the business, you are the business. So if you are removed from it for at least a week, your business value goes down. But when you have a product-based business just without a face and influence that, actually, you can, you know, you can outsource a lot of stuff and you don't need to show yourself constantly to get sales. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the business part now because we actually met through Twitter DMs. You cold messaged me uh, after seeing my content. And um, actually, you did it on Twitter when you don't have that much following, but you did do outreach and I presume you do a lot of outreach through Twitter like that. So how do you see Twitter versus other platforms? I see Twitter as uh, like a main engine for your content ideas. That's a really good uh, platform for you to come up with content ideas for YouTube and then those ideas could be distributed to Instagram Reels and TikToks. So you post something on Twitter, it, got, it gets good amount of engagement. You don't know it's a good idea to write a newsletter to make a YouTube video and to post uh, a short form content. So that's the first thing. It's your ideas uh, laboratory or something, I would say. Mm -hmm. Again, uh, Twitter is an amazing place for uh, making these types of connections like we have right now. You don't really find people like that on Instagram. Uh, Twitter has a lot of CEOs, like a lot of startup founders and stuff like that. I feel like Twitter is one of the strongest platforms for uh, you to build a personal brand. It's just that it's the growth is going to be much slower, but it's much more worth it. If you look at people on Twitter with 100k followers and they're selling something, they usually are making a lot of money compared to people on Instagram with 100k could even not be making any money. Okay, so I want to ask about these, this pyramid, this uh, content hub and the idea laboratory and where it goes next for you. So you are on almost every platform that I've seen, and I want to know how do you plan it and how do you think about it? So we know now that you start on Twitter with Idea Laboratory and checking what works. What comes What comes after that? Yeah, so let's say you post a tweet on Twitter about some subject, I don't know, uh, and you got good amount of engagement. You then can take that idea and build upon and take it and turn it into long-form video, expand on that idea. That, that, the Danko does this really well. I don't know if you know him. Um, he does the, he does the same thing, right? He writes the writings get uh, the good writings gets turned into newsletters. The newsletters gets turned into YouTube idea into YouTube videos. Then those uh, 
writings as well gets turned into his animations on Instagram and, uh, and TikTok probably. That's that's the way to go, I feel like, for personal brands. That's a really cool way to test your ideas, to know what's going to work. Essentially, if it's working on Twitter, it's going to work in the long form and the short form. How does your business look like in terms of, let's say, inbound leads and outbound leads? So you have inbound, meaning people see you and they see your content and they see your um, growth program and they sign up versus people that you provide your services, which are uh, editing services and you outreach to them and try to get cold leads into your pipeline. I don't do that anymore, uh, but outreach, uh, I only work with clients that I have got in the past and they bring me referrals now. So that's thing sorted. So I don't do that. I'm not trying to grow that business. I'm just doing it for extra cash flow. And I have this pretty like boutique service side of things. But uh, when it comes down to selling the program, I have a newsletter and I have, so the, the system goes like this. People come from the content to newsletter or a free product. And then through email and through the free product, they get introduced to the paid product. That's it. I actually, I think received more than a dozen emails from you since I downloaded your, uh, your awesome uh, freebie. Um, how do you look at email uh, marketing and especially the welcome sequence? How important it is and how much business it generates for you? And how do you make a very well-designed welcome sequence? Just sign up for somebody else's for your competitor and see their welcome sequence and take, take that welcome sequence, the framework of it, of course, and, mm -hmm. and make your own. If you can't hire copywriters and stuff, just be resourceful. Just think about uh, like see your biggest competitor, people that are in similar niches, just, you know, it's, it's out there. Are you open to sharing how much money you made and where the money came from? Like through which channels and which, um, yeah. Can you break it down for us a little bit? Yeah, sure. So this year when, uh, it started, everything started growing. I launched, firstly, I launched free product, uh, about Instagram, how to grow Instagram, how to create content, how I edit videos and stuff like that. My presets, this whole bundle. And then I, uh, like this, not a, like the free product didn't have presets and stuff. So, and paid product had all that bundle, the presets that wrote like 67 lessons in total. Mm -hmm. So what I did, I constantly promoted the free product. And then I upsold to the paid product at the end of that, uh, of that free product. And till this day, with uh, my like just course business did about 60 grand in revenue. And that's basically by now passive, right? You don't have any cohort courses or live calls with people. That's just the course. I have a Discord community where I do uh, page reviews so people can submit their pages. I review their pages, give them opinions on how they can grow them, uh, how what they can change and stuff. And also I do live streams. Uh, live streams has been like not that consistent right now, but when I settle in the new place, I'm going to be doing more live streams there. Are those relationships that you build there, do they ever go into something more uh, in terms of business opportunities or this is basically just a support channel? Just a support channel. And yeah, I got some people for business opportunities as well there. So uh, yeah, it's kind of mixed, but mostly is for support and for people that buy the course. All right, let's do my um, favorite segment that I throw in in the middle, which is the quick fire round. All right, so some quick questions and please quick answers. One word, maybe one sentence tops. All right. All right. 
it's uh, nothing too challenging. All right, so first one, team player or lone wolf? Which one are you? Lone wolf. Take risks or carefully calculate? There's no middle on this. <laughs> no. Yeah, then take risk. Take take risk for sure. Mobile or desktop? Desktop. Who inspires you most? I don't know why, but the first thing came to my mind, the movie about Steve Jobs. That's the first thing that came into my mind. That's it. Fair enough. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Football player. What is an underappreciated business tool that you couldn't live without? Notes on my MacBook. What's your productivity life hack? Fast in the mornings and do the hard stuff in the mornings without eating. Don't eat. And what does success mean to you? Being in flow. But I do want to go back to the answer about notes on your MacBook. So I presume that this is your like content hub and you just throw everything in there? Uh, I have a Notion um, template myself that I created, the second brain template. And notes are just the black file. So, you know, uh, it's just before I put something into Notion, I have this black file on notes. And that makes things more simpler for me. How do you generate ideas? Do you sit down and you think, okay, now it's my hour to generate or during the day, you're just throw everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. I throw everything out. And then at the end of the day, usually I take the best ideas and put it into notion that the ones that I think going to work the best. You're talking a lot about copying what works for other people. If you had to sum up what worked for you to grow your Instagram, what would it be? Uh, gaining initial viral videos that brought me a lot of audience that are not necessarily my target. Like they got me a lot of audience, but that's not necessarily good because what you do after with that audience really matters a lot. So what mm -hmm. helped me, I think then is that I analyzed my audience and I tried to make videos for them. Uh, and the way to analyze your audience, you go to demographics. First things first, you see their ages. Okay. Mostly are in the from 24 to 30 something. So you make content, like you try to make content for them. So that's what helped me to at least grow after that, because it's really hard when you go viral to keep going viral. Do you know, um, if you can track it, if your sales or even downloads of the free product, do they come mostly thank, uh, thanks to the viral videos or maybe they just bring a lot of following, but the money and the downloads actually come from other videos equally or maybe even more? I don't even think that my videos are directly correlated with the sales. Uh, the way I would say, like people watch the video and then they go and buy it. That's not how, how it works. So people like it brings me attention, the top of the funnel attention. Instagram is totally at top of the funnel attention. Then some of that attention goes into free products and some of that people buy the paid products. I would say YouTube brought me much more sales than Instagram. Are you driving people from Instagram to YouTube or that's a completely separate channel? Only rely on the recommendation algorithm on YouTube? Only, only because it's not going to work that way. Uh, I tried it and it can actually even ruin your video performance because when you drive people from Instagram story to your YouTube video, they open YouTube, not on the app usually. So what's going to happen then? They're going to view a little bit of the video and going to turn it off. That's going to drop the watch time. And YouTube watch time is really important. The way to grow YouTube channel, the best way is only through that channel. There's no other like better ways. You mentioned watch time. How do you guarantee to get a high watch time? It's annoying, right? If you look at Alex Hermosi videos, like I don't even like those new videos. 
But this is what you have to do sometimes, like right now on YouTube, if you want to get good watch time. Not always. You can, if you look at Danko's videos, he doesn't really edit that much. So he probably has good watch time. So I would say there's a lot of components into it. Uh, you can go both routes. If you think that you're really interesting, you can actually hold attention for a long time just talking without any cuts, without any stupid cuts like, you know, quick, fast-paced yeah. cuts, and do it. But usually uh, I don't even view myself that interesting, so I try to add a lot of stuff going on in the video. So that's the way to keep that attention and increase the watch time. By the way, do you do everything by yourself, editing, uh, all, all that stuff, or you have some help? I sometimes uh, get some help from freelancers. I have a good friend that edits videos really well on for YouTube, so I get some help from there sometimes. That's awesome. Do you? How will you grow this business going forward? What will change, or you will just do more of the same? Currently, uh, for the summer season, I have this uh, idea. Just, uh, just I'm gonna analyze. I'm currently analyzing what's worked for me the best. I'm just gonna double down on it. What worked the best, and just do more of that. Because literally, when you are a creative person like me, sometimes you catch yourself doing something, it's working, and then you're finding some, like, looking for new things to do. There's no point to do that. You can just double down, like, and it's it's a mistake a lot of people make, and I made this mistake multiple times. I, It's crazy, right? You get something to work, and then you constantly look for new things to do, when you can actually just do that one thing that worked for you for a longer time. Okay, then to end uh, the conversation, I want to ask you, what is the most valuable thing you do from posting, editing, writing? What is the one thing that is the most valuable? When we try to measure value, is it valuable to sales? Because for that, I, I for that actually is just promoting my free products. If I could sit around all day long, find different creative ideas to promote free products and drive people to that landing page, get their email, get them watch the training, get their free products, I would be making the most money. I don't do that all the time. So I promote my free products only two to three times a week. So probably if I found creative ways to just sit around and pro promote free product, that would be the most valuable thing I could do. Just try people that and and also working on that sales system for that paid product. So constantly making it better and constantly promoting the free product. I actually heard that freebies don't work anymore. I guess you're the exception to the rule. <laughs> but what makes a good freebie then? Uh, how much value do you provide in a freebie versus the paid product? So first of all, people are interested in buying the paid product. And second of all, there is enough of a jump in value. So they are they feel like it was worth their money at the end. Okay. So I don't know who said that freebies don't work anymore. But if you look at all those people selling Notion templates, they literally, their business are literally freebies. They are They have so many free products. That's insane. And people that don't have freebies, but they're creating content, the content is freebies, right? It's just the same right. thing. So freebies do work. Um, the way to create good free products to actually, I would say, I don't know, like I know that my product needs to be like upgraded, the free product. So you just give enough value like from that product that is for people, it's enough for them. The product, the free product is enough for them to get started. And don't try to sleazily sell the paid product. You just give out that is enough and then they can trust you more, I feel like. And over time, uh, they might buy, you know? All right. Then what will be your dream SaaS? I know that you then 
your, your goal for the future is to have an app, right? To have a SaaS. What would be the dream SaaS? Do you have some ideas? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I, again, I completely use the same framework for SaaS that uh, most of the time it's not going to be something that like crazy enjoyable uh, thing because SaaS, I feel like SaaS business is usually just a complete problem solving business. So the dream SaaS is going to be whatever it's required for my audience, whatever is required for the market. I don't really care. Uh, you can't really build SaaS based on your dreams. I feel like it's completely based on the market because it's a brutal business. You're just going to waste a ton of money if you're going to try to build a passionate SaaS, right? You're just going to waste so much money. It's much better to go to casino, I feel like, if you're going to be just building a passionate, <laughs> dreamy SaaS business. It's not that type of a business. You're going to, it's a risky business. I think every business is like that. Even even creative business can be a risky business and you can you can do it for a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I view, uh, like, at least if you are doing a business, at least if you're going to waste a ton of time or waste a ton of money, at least learn something. But sometimes you can't even get that. You can't even learn something when you're just dumping your money into stupid ideas. Sometimes you have to create a lot of stupid ideas to find the one that is not, I feel. Yeah, but I feel like when you're creating those ideas, at least be learning something, at least learning skills. That could be transferred into something else. You can become a consultant then, you know? At least you can you can waste a ton of money and then you can become a consultant. Well, I can always say I failed at everything I ever did and now I will help you not to do that. Great value proposition if you ask me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Awesome. Thank you, Carolis. Thank you very much. It was, it was a pleasure talking with you. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you. So listen, you're not going to reinvent the wheel. If your goal is to grow on social media, make money online, and have your own career 2.0, then focus. Focus on things that already work, but don't forget to add your own amazing personality to it. And well, be patient. It takes time. Carolis said that he's been lucky but he's been working on that lag for a very long time. See you next time.